Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome to another episode of Finding Certainty. Pleased to have a, a new friend of mine who has quite the reputation and uh, quite the following here, specifically in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we both live, but also across the country. Uh, we're meeting with Brian Arnold, who is a former mafia card shark, of all things, mm-hmm. who uh, went through an extraordinary experience where he uh, found his faith, changed his direction, and extricated himself from that arena. He's now a, a pastor. He's a an entrepreneur, a, an international speaker, and an author. You have a new book coming out. Is that right, Brian? Yes, sir. Uh, the book is titled The Supernatural Power of Right Thinking. I love that title. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the book today and hear a little bit about your story as well, which I found to be fascinating. I actually attended a special uh, Sunday brunch a few weeks back where Brian was the uh, the keynote speaker and had some great music, a nice breakfast, and was invited there by my friend Ninan Dever de Rosa. And uh, normally I don't go do things on Sundays. Sunday is kind of my family day. I stay home with my wife or go to church. And But we uh, attended as Ninan's guest, and you were the speaker. And uh, I was so impressed. I went right up to him. I said, I got to have you on my show. So that's kind of how Brian ended up here on Finding Certainty. So um, I always start out. So thanks for being here. So I appreciate you uh, making the time to be us on Finding Certainty this morning. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm honored and thank you very much and privileged to be here with you, uh, Patrick. Thank you. Well, it's our pleasure. Your, your story is fascinating and you have uh, some, I think, really powerful life lessons you can share with our listening audience. So yes. I, uh, I always start out every show sharing a couple of reasons why I've invited this specific guest. And the first is, as I said, your story is extraordinary. You know, it's a, it's a stuff of, uh, of a Hollywood, I think. Uh, someday they'll probably do a movie about you. You'll see your documentary on Netflix or something, I'm sure. If they haven't started it, they should. Uh, but secondly, I think the topic that you talk about about how to change your direction, change your path in life is a powerful one. It's something that many of us wonder about, we're, we worry about, we're thinking about. You know, It's an active topic of conversation. It's on our minds, whether it's getting out of a bad relationship, a, a situation at work that's uncomfortable, maybe a poor financial situation or mm-hmm. setting. That is a hot topic these days, Brian. So, and uh, you've definitely learned some lessons and now you're teaching those to others about how to do that and do so successfully. So that's why you're here, my friend. I think uh, there's a lot to to unpack there. And uh, as I always say, the hour passes by very quickly. So I'm always shocked by how fast we run out of time. So yes. Yes. Okay, so let's jump into it. Um, I always like to hear a little bit about your 
your background, which is your story, but tell sure. us how you, how did you end up where you are today? Uh, I know it's a little bit of a tale and it's a big part of, of our uh, episode today because it is such a fascinating story, but okay. go ahead and uh, tell us who is Brian Arnold and how did he get to where you are today with a n- new book coming out here very soon. Okay, so I'll just give you a quick thumbnail sketch. My father was an entrepreneur. I was uh, born in and raised in northern Canada uh, at 30, 40 below zero. And my father was an entrepreneur. He was a fur trader for the with the Indians back in the 1940s and 50s, buying fur for the Hudson's Bay Company. Wow. So I was raised, you know, with dog teams and canoes. And uh, so I, my father was an entrepreneur. He, back in that day, you never really worked for anyone. We had a, an 80-mile trap line. And then we traveled about 300 miles with dogs, dog teams, uh, buying fish and fur from the Indians uh, back in. And I'm quarter Cree Indian myself. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm adopted and to my father i was adopted within the family so i come with a with an entrepreneurial blood in me i guess and uh, i started my own trap line at the age of six and uh, made enough money by the age of nine to buy my own horse and extend my trap line to about seven miles and made uh, you know uh, back in that day making three four hundred dollars uh, for a young man at, at the age of uh, eight or nine with my horse was a pretty good deal. And so um, that's where I started. And um, at, at the age of 16, um, I left home uh, to strike out on my own and go and do what I felt I needed to go and do. And so I went out into the world and uh, started off and and, uh, worked on the oil rigs for a month or two and then uh, worked in the housing industry and the flooring business for for maybe three, four months. And then I ran away with the circus. Uh, True story, I actually became a professional acrobat with Huber Castle International Shrine Circus at the age of 17 and was down in Florida training and uh, became a, started training uh, with teeterboard and trapeze. And uh, while I was training in the trapeze, uh, I had a bad accident and I fell 60 feet, hit the net, bounced out of the net, landed on a net peg and that ended my career. And so mm-hmm. suddenly at the age of 18, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I was started drinking and a lot of drugs and and uh, just kind of went wild. And this is back in 1968. So this is quite a few years back. And then uh, at the age of 19, uh, I went to work in the bar because the bars were open. I was drinking all the time. So I figured I may as well go to work there. And uh, one evening, uh, two professional card sharks showed up and I was serving them at my table and I didn't know they were, they were sharks. They, I didn't know they were with the mafia. Uh, one guy was, and uh, the other fellow wasn't, but he was connected to the mafia and a long story short on that part of it. 
uh, I went to a, a, to a party that night and they asked me to sit in the game and they said, we'll give you $500 just to sit in the game because we're going to take this game off. There was a couple of hookers, brought a couple millionaires to this party. And so there's four of them in the game. They wanted a fifth person. So they got me in my, and uh, so I sat in the game and they took maybe forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 off these guys that night. And just with checks back in that day, it, you know, you could have a couple hundred dollars in cash, but there was no credit cards. There was no visas and MasterCards and all that kind of thing. It was just checks and cash. And right. so, yeah, long story short on that, these guys had big bankrolls, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 cash money in hundreds all the time. So they would, you know, if a, a millionaire was sitting in the game, they would uh, loan the guy $5,000 once the game got bigger. They'd loan him five grand. He'd give him a, a check. And so, but they knew that the guy's money was good because the check, uh, you know, they had already found out the guy's a millionaire or a wealthy guy, a businessman or whatever. And he's out goofing off and, and uh, uh, kind of blunt screwing around. And he was going to really get screwed over really good. And he would drop 10, 20, 50 grand. And, and it carried on. And so long story short on that part of it was uh, I started hanging out with these guys. And they were giving me 500 bucks a night just to sit in the game. And they would take all the money from these guys and dump it on me. And it was just done through simple little finger signals. These guys were mechanics. And a card mechanic is a guy who mechanics or manipulates the cards. He can deal anything. I can do that now, but I haven't played. I haven't picked up the cards in 50 years since I straightened my life out. But back then, uh, I got really excited as a 19-year-old kid wanting to learn how to do this, but they didn't want to teach me. There was only six of them in the world back in that day in the old school that could do what these guys did. We didn't play in casinos. We played all private games set up, and soon the you know I I managed to uh, learn from them how to do this card manipulation and how the cards were marked and I couldn't find out I I tried to figure out how do these guys do this and I I would take a deck of cards I took them and I would use the magnifying glass and look at their how did these how did they mark these cards I couldn't ever find it. So finally, I threatened one of them one night. We were drinking, and I threatened one of them that I'd chop his thumb off if he didn't show me stuff. And uh, they were a little bit concerned with me because I was kind of a, a dangerous, wild guy back then. And the guy was drunk, and, and I beat him up pretty bad, and he finally showed me. And I became the third party with, the, with these guys. And I practiced eight hours a day for just about a year because you – you face death every time you sit at the table. Uh, somebody could shoot you if you kill you stone dead right there if you took half a million dollars off of them and you pulled a card and they saw you. Uh, so they did not want me pulling any cards or doing anything. Um, for, and, and it was over a year that I practiced 8, 10, 12 hours a day and um, and and finally got to the place where you know they started calling me in and we would go in and knock off big games in Chicago, LA, New York, wherever they would fly us in and we'd go in and knock these big games off. Well, 
after four years of this and taking millions and millions and millions of dollars in today's money would be about 40 million. Um, I did not like the guy that was staring back at me from the glass. And I became very, I fell into deep depression and became suicidal. I was about to end my life. I had by that time, um, I was really messed up. So I bought my mother and father's farm and I had 1,200 acres of land. I had uh, 300 head of cattle, six Arab horses. I had all of this stuff outwardly, but I was dead inwardly and I wanted to commit suicide and kill myself. And I was only seconds away from ending my life, pulling the trigger and killing myself. And I had a divine intervention. And so uh, from there, um, I ended up, I accepted the Lord and turned my life around. And somebody started mentoring me and coaching me and helping me out of it. And so a lot of people like these podcasts and interviews like this one. They ask me, how did you get into the mafia? Well, I just told you. Then how did you get out of the mafia? Well, I wasn't really fully in the mafia. I was just knocking off big games for the mafia. We gave them half, 50%. So if we uh, made half a million dollars that night, and generally we wouldn't go to a game for under half a million on the table. If we won a half million that night, the, the mobsters got 250000 and we split two fifty with us, the three of us. And that's how I got in, and then I decided I wanted to get out, and I got out. But the big question here is, Patrick, is how did I get the mafia out of me? That's the question, and that's the answers that I would like to deal with um, in, in the rest of this um, podcast, <laughs> is how, uh, did, how did I get the mafia out of me? Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We're visiting with Brian Arnold. He's an author of a new book coming up. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your journey there, Brian, but uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with you with this uh, ongoing conversation. Thanks. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Well, we're back, everybody. We've got uh, some technical difficulties this morning. I was saying just before we went to break that I am uh, in Portland, Oregon, visiting my 17-year-old son. I've got alarms going off in the background. I've got internet kicking in and out. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because life is not easy, right? We're we're going on, and you were going on about your story, Brian, and, and um, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a, a lesson to be had, right? Because life is not easy. You, as you were a young man, you were drawn into the circus. You were drawn into this mafia um, world of poker and, and kind of not necessarily fixed games, but fixed games, right? You were, they were, they were card reading. They had little hand signals and so forth and so on. And, all of that must have been very exciting to a young man who is uh, trying to find his way in, in life, right? The money and the intrigue and so forth and so on. Well, what I wanted to focus on in our show today, and I apologize to anyone who's listening for the, for the challenges, but I wanted to focus on how do we in our life overcome our challenges? How do we overcome? How do we, when we're in a, a setting that is not making us happy, it's not bringing us joy. How do we get out? Just before the break, you said it wasn't just me getting out of the mafia that was the hard. It was getting the mafia out of me. Do you mind expanding on that a little bit more, Brian? Because I think it's a really interesting question. Yes. Well, It isn't just the mafia, but um, just to to touch a little bit on the spiritual side of things, uh, and I'm not a religious person, but I talk about two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And I was in the kingdom of darkness, and we're all born into that because there's a a fear, uncertainty, doubt, um, guilt of the past, worry about the future, anger for today, all of these these um, um, forces of darkness um, are in us, and that's the battle. That's the war. I use this analogy of the old Indian because i part Indian myself and lived with the Indians and understand their ways, and that is the darkness and the light, and that is this old Indian one time, the, a friend of his came up to him and said, How are you doing, Harry? Harry said, oh, he said, I, I got a terrible war going on on the inside of me. He said, what do you mean? He said, it's like two dogs fighting, a black dog and a white dog. And he said, they're at war in my mind all the time, the negativity and the darkness of it all. And I'm in a turmoil of trauma all the time mentally. And uh, he said, and, and there's a white dog trying to, a good one that's trying to help me. And the old Indian said well, to, to Harry, well, which, which dog is winning? And Harry said, whichever one I feed the most. 
And so what I did was I started, I, I decided and I made a decision to come out of darkness because you can't solve a problem with the same mindset that's creating it. So you have to change your way of thinking. And that's where I started putting the white dog stuff into my life all the time. I started studying positive stuff that would transform my life from the wrong way of thinking to the right way of thinking. That's why I wrote the book, The Supernatural Power of Right Thinking. Not positive thinking, right thinking. So the, the I'm prisons a, are full of the, the prisons are full of positive wrong thinkers. You're right. I was I was going to say I'm a I'm a big fan of of uh, the power of positive thinking of thinking grow rich. You know the law of attraction. Yes. I've you know for years I thought that I mean, we've all heard that our attitude determines our altitude, right? And yes. and I I used to think when I was a young kid that. Yeah, it makes sense. If I'm positive, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to, going to, you know, hopefully make good a good impression and so forth. But as I've grown in years, and now I'm 54 years old, I've been on Earth a little bit long, over half a century. But <laughs> I've, you know, I've come to realize that it's much more than that. All those things are true. You're going to feel better, and you're going to make a good impression. And but they've proven that a positive thought actually draws to it and attracts to it more of the same. Yes. They have technology that they've attached to people's heads, you know, and they measure brain waves and a positive yes. thought vibrates like a sound wave. Yes. Something like 10,000 times faster than a negative thought and does have a magnetic quality yes. and it draws into your path yes. like things, right? Like uh, experiences and thoughts and feelings. So. Right. It's a very powerful subject. I'm a very big fan of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that whole thing. Yes, and that's uh, that's what my book is about. A lot of it is about that. It's a, a higher frequency of thinking. If a person is thinking on a low frequency of depression and nobody knows the trouble I've seen and all your problems and you're worried uh, sick about something. Some people worry themselves sick. And worry is the offspring of fear. So if you fear something, the thing you greatly fear will come upon you because you're attracting it. It's, that's the law of attraction. And it's all based on the law of sowing and reaping. We reap what we sow, and what we think about, we speak about, and what we speak about, we bring about. Yeah, I love that. I've never heard of it referred to as the law of reaping and sowing, but that's exactly what it is. I've always just, I've always just said that it's the law of faith in action. Yeah. Right. My wife, uh, she she doesn't always agree with the uh, the the power of the mind. Right. The law of right. attraction, the secret, all those mm -hmm. all those things. She says, and her concern is that you can use it for good or for bad. Right. Yes. Yeah. Whatever you focus your mind on, whatever you spend your time on, is going to get worse. It's like somebody with money yeah. can either do great good with it or they can do a lot of evil with it. Yes. It's the same concept. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on that, on that, my friend? Well, that's the black dog and the white dog again. 
we go back to the black dog, white dog simplicity of teaching that is if you will focus on the white dog, if you will focus on the right way of thinking, which is, of course, is positive, but you've got to be thinking on the right things. If you're thinking on the wrong things, like, you know, uh, oh, I feel something not good in my body and you start thinking on that, that's going to manifest more because you're giving it more energy. And energy comes from our, your way of thinking because that's a frequency. So if you want to jump into that field for a, a moment, the frequencies, what you think about, you speak about. So that's why we need to choose our thoughts wisely because our thoughts become words. And then we need to choose our words wisely because they become actions. Absolutely. And then we need to choose our actions wisely because they become habits. And then we, need to, then we need to choose our habits wisely because they become our character. And we need to choose our character wisely because it becomes our eternal destiny. So it all goes back to thought. Thought is frequency. And, you know, we're born, when we come out of the womb, we're born head first. And so the head comes out first and, you know, a fish always rots from the head down <laughs> in a corporation or a company or a person. And so, again, we come back to what you think about, you speak about, what you speak about, you bring about. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, I've always uh, claimed to be a self-professed uh, eternal optimist. Yes. And I'll admit it's both because I know it works I know I feel better by trying to take in a positive view of things and give people the benefit of the doubt and look for yeah. solutions, et cetera. You just feel better. Yes. But I also do it out of fear of doing the opposite and attracting the opposite. Right? Yes. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. That's why the book that I titled it, the supernatural power of right thinking, which is right standing which is righteousness mm -hmm. okay and so we have two kingdoms a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light so the kingdom of light is here and when we start to think on that we think on the righteousness that's why that's why i had to learn to forgive myself of the past mm -hmm. i had guilt of the past and i had worry about the future and I had anger within my heart at that time. So I have guilt of the past, worry about the future, and anger for today. Everybody's in that boat, and we're trying to deal with that. And how do we deal with it is the question. And like I said before, you can't solve a problem with the same mindset that's creating it. So we need to renew our mind to right thinking. And that's how I turned my life around. I had three by five cards. When I straightened my life out, and I, I mean, I walked away from a million bucks a year instantly. Uh, I heard the good news of the kingdom of light, and I, I, I uh, repented. And the word repent does not mean, oh, I feel so bad, I'm so no good, or all that stuff. The word repent actually means to change your way of thinking. That's what that word means. And so I changed my way of thinking. And this old fella, 
he came up to me. He was probably my age now. I'm 73. And, uh, but back then when I was not, uh, 24, when I decided to walk away from a million bucks a year and change my life, and I got myself, I started my own business. Uh, I started into the flooring business as a flooring contractor in the housing industry. And uh, I started changing my way of thinking. So I wrote down on three by five cards. This old fella came to me and he said, Brian, if you want to change your life and you want to straighten your life out and you want to get on the right track instead of the wrong track, you want to get on the light road rather than the dark road, you need to change your way of thinking. And so he, uh, he suggested that I get these positive affirmations. For me, they were scriptures, but they were proverbs of wisdom. And, uh, and and so I wrote them down, and I, I, I memorized them. And so as you start to think in your mind and memorize these scriptures, for me it was like, you know, it would be like, well, the word I say all the time, what you think about, you speak about, what you speak about, you bring about. Or you could have a scripture that says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So I would memorize all of this stuff and got it into my mind and renewed my mind to right thinking. That's the key. If you, if, if you're listening audience right now, just poo poo that and say, you know, Patrick, I don't know where you found this lunatic. But this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I assure you, if somebody wants to, really wants to, you got to want to do it. But if they want to, you can renew your mind to right thinking, and that transforms your life and puts you in a positive state of mind and transforms your entire life. That's how I came out of where I came out of. And it's not what I came out of, but what I came into. Right. Well, you know, the uh, the Hebrew word for repentance is shuv, which means to turn and go a different direction. Right. And I, I believe that is the first step. step. It but is. Let me, uh, let me back up a little bit. I believe that if you want to change your direction, change your life, whether you believe in repentance and making your life better, or you just want it different. You want to make more money. You want a new relationship, a new job, a new, you want to start a business, you know, whatever it is. The first, the first step is to believe you can, right? You have yes. to have hope. And it's not necessarily even belief at that point, because yeah. you may need some validation. You may need to prove that it can be done before you truly believe it can be done, but you have to have a basic hope, right? Yes. And yeah. that hope grows into faith, which is yeah. hope with some action behind it and hope with some, uh, you're, you're starting to uh, see evidences of it. Yes. And that grows into belief and eventually knowledge. And in time, it can be perfect knowledge. It can be, yeah. you know, you know that you did it. Could, you could do it because you did it, right? And yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Absolutely. I, I, we see all of us as we go through change in our lives, our careers, in our businesses, we see all of us experiencing this same process of change it's like a child learning to to roll over and then learning to crawl and to walk and to run and eventually yes. drive the car right yeah 
But it's very important also that we become spiritually minded because it's most people today who are really struggling and battling with life. They're sick. They're broke. They're uh, all kinds of troubles and problems and everything. Mm-hmm. It's because they're, they're, they're not spiritually minded. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're naturally minded rather than supernaturally minded. So we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And so I am a spirit. I am a creative spirit being. We all are born that way. We don't just have a spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul. What's your soul? You need to know these three parts in order to even get started in this. So it's I am a spirit. I have a soul. What's your soul? Your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. That's your soul. And your body is your five physical senses, see, touch, smell, taste, and hear. And so your soul is the mediator between your inner man, which is your spirit man, and your outer man, which is your physical earth suit body. So your soul being your mind, emotions, and will uh, uh, are operating between those two. And a lot of people... They are not spiritually minded because they don't realize that they're spirit. They just think that they're a body, and when they die, they're just, that's it. It's over with. No, you're not. That is, this is just an outward earth suit to get us around in the earth, but we need to be spiritually minded. And when you mentioned that word hope, here's a scripture that popped into my head instantly. You see, that's how my mind has been renewed, but here's the word for hope. Hope deferred makes the spirit of man sick. So a lot of people are sick because their spirit is sick. And the reason their spirit is sick is because their hope has been dashed. They had hopes of starting a company. They had hopes of marrying the perfect lady or, or, or guy. Uh, They had hopes of their children. They had hopes of their family. Now it went through a divorce and and they lost their business and COVID hit them. And all these traumas are hope deferred, making the spirit of man sick. And when the spirit of man is sick, it manifests through your physical earth suit body. And now your body is sick. You got a tumor. Your, Your immune system breaks down. It's weak. Uh, you can't think right. You're you're in a slump. And so you go to the doctor and ask the doctor and say, the doctor says, what's the matter? You go, you say, I don't know. My, 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 I just got no emotion left. I, I have no desire for, um, you know, anything. I just feel like shutting down and dying. Well, your spirit is sick. You need to renew your spirit by renewing your thinking, by renewing your mind to the word of God. When you do that, you become spiritually minded, and that will set the captive free from all the sickness, disease, illness, health, and wealth uh, coming to you rather than fleeing from you. I would agree. And, you know, it's there's different definitions of renewing one's mind and spirit. There are those who are religious or spiritual. There are others that are philanthropic. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, philanthropic, sure. they, they yeah. give service to others. Yep. I know atheists who are amazing, you know, nonprofit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, now we may disagree on 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 what we believe and how we view it, but I do think it's there's something to be said 
about one looking outward and looking for how we can serve others, our community, our the world yes. as a whole. We all yes. know that it's one of the best ways to feel better is to go serve someone else. Yes. Right? But also Absolutely. also I believe you have to be growing. You talk about opening up the word of God and I, I would agree with that, but there are others that they expand their mind by taking going to school or taking a course or uh, you know, developing a habit or a or a talent or something. Yes, you know, I believe God yeah. wants us to. There's a there's a scripture in the New Testament, of course, that talks about expanding our talents and yes. not just burying them in the ground. That's right. And uh, making yeah. something of them. Yeah. We are up against our next break, not our yeah. technic uh, technical difficulty imposed break, but our our official break. So. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break for our advertisers. We're visiting with Brian Arnold. He's an author of a new book coming up. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your journey there, Brian, but uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with you with this uh, ongoing conversation. Thanks. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. We're visiting with Brian Arnold. He's a former mafia card shark. He was a um, circus performer, an acrobat, ended up uh, becoming a, an entrepreneur, a speaker, a pastor. So it's been many years now, Brian, but uh, as you removed yourself from that that setting that was, you were making millions of dollars, you were, um, you know, I think it was just the excitement and the intrigue and the danger maybe of it all, but... As we talk about people changing their lives, a lot of the time we have to get out of a situation 
that we are not happy in. We have to get out of a situation that is not healthy for us. It's not, it's not meeting our needs or fulfilling our objectives. Mm-hmm. Life is life throws a lot of wrenches at us, right? Life comes at us fast, and even when we're trying to do a radio show on a beautiful Friday morning, I'm staring out the window at these gorgeous trees and sunshine filtering through them, and the internet can't. <laughs> can't cooperate right but you know so when we're trying to do something good in our lives we're trying to make a difference how do we do that how do we how do we overcome the hurdles and the challenges and the fiery darts that get thrown at us and the adversity of it all exactly well yeah so we're we're in a war patrick uh, a war with good and evil because we have the knowledge of good and evil. And uh, nobody has to try to convince anybody out there today when you start to talk about darkness uh, across the world, corruption. I mean, all the stuff that's going on is so corrupt and so dark. And there's a war. And when you're in a war, this is a death and life, life and death war. And uh, it's a war for the souls of humanity, their mind, emotions, and will. The mind has been darkened by the enemy and the enemy has darkened our minds and wants to take us out, wants to kill and destroy us. And uh, God loves us and wants to deliver us. So people get mad at God and say, well, if there's a God, why isn't he delivering us? He's already done all of that. You got to deliver yourself. And the reason that we're being destroyed is because of lack of knowledge we don't know. And so um, uh, one of the biggest things I think if I could share with someone is to, uh, number one, would be you're going to have to really make some quality decisions. And and uh, uh, if you want to overcome your adversities, you might have to change some of the people you hang out with. For me, I had to get rid of all my old friends and just walk away from them and start a new life and start new friendships and new relationships with new people to to do that. Now, that was number one. Number two was I had to change my way of thinking and renew my mind. One of the biggest challenges right now, Patrick, that most people have is they stay stuck in a rut in the past. They keep focusing on the past, and the past is the past. There's nothing you can do about your past. You can feel guilty. You can feel, I, I don't know, maybe somebody you know, had an abortion, and she feels so guilty and so sad and so bad about what, what happened. Listen, get over it. You cannot do anything about the past. The past is the past. You need to live in the present. And by the time I say the word present, it's past. <laughs> so we need to live in the present because that is a gift. It's a present. And look forward into the future. We need to get hope and look into the future and focus on what it is you want, not on what you don't want. So get over the past. Leave the past behind worrying about your past worry is like a rocking chair it gives you something to do but it doesn't get you anywhere 
You cannot say stuck in the past. Most people are stuck in the past. They're stuck in a rut. And there's this big wheel in this rut coming straight for your head. And you don't know how to get out of it. Well, I'll tell you how to get out of it. Change your way of thinking. Make a choice. Make a decision. And choices have consequences, immediate consequences and eternal consequences. So you have to make your choices. We make decisions every moment. Everybody listening to this podcast right now are making decisions. Do I believe in this guy or do I think he's a nut? Do I believe in this? Do I want to change? Do I want to grow? Where do I want to go? These are all choices and decisions that are happening at the speed of our mind. I agree. And our, and our frequency needs to be elevated to a higher frequency of thought. And when we elevate our frequency of thought, that's what attracts to us a higher level. If you think down below with garbage thinking, garbage in, garbage out, that's all you're going to get is walking in in garbage. Well, you make a really good point, Brian, about surrounding yourself with the right kind of people. You know, they say we are the sum total of the five people we spend the most time with. Absolutely. And, and it's it sometimes it's hard, you know, we might be in a gang, we might be in a relationship, a marriage. Um yeah. we we're we're worried about leaving a job. What do we do next? You know, and yes, so there are yes, fears. Yes. But the fear, the greatest fear for most people is the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And yet most of the time the unknown is not as scary as we make it out to be, yes. right? We talk about hope and belief and changing our thoughts and so forth. Yeah. I took a, I, I used to be an instructor for Dale Carnegie, and we had a course on how to stop worrying and start living. Yes. One of the lessons he teaches in his book and in his course is that if you want to stop worrying, picture in your mind the worst possible outcome and then deal with it in your mind. How would you deal with that? And then the next step, you tell yourself, well, it's probably not going to be the worst possible outcome. I've already dealt with that. What would be the next worst or the yeah. next worst? And yeah. and this is just a, an exercise in our sure. minds. Yes. Yeah. How do we view or how do we think of what's coming, right? Yes. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's a very interesting topic. We are coming up toward the end of the show. Um, Take just a minute or two and let us know what you're doing today. Um, I know you're you're an entrepreneur. You've done a lot of uh, direct sales and a lot of a lot of speaking. You've got a new book coming out. Um, mm -hmm. So, what are you doing these days as a as a business? If I if I may, you've got about okay. sixty seconds to share that with us. Sure. Well, I'm I'm building a course right now, and it's a, a health and wealth building course. And because your health is your wealth. If you don't have your health, and, and when we're young, we spend all of our health trying to get wealth. When we get old, we spend all of our wealth trying to get back our health. Isn't that true? Yeah. And so what I'm teaching now, I'm putting a course together. It's a health and wealth building course that um, I, I got a product line out of Israel that is an amazing product line for bringing healing to people very, very quickly. And it's all captured. Uh, they, they, have, uh, they extract the DNA 
out of the herbs and the plants in Israel because Israel has some of the richest soil in the world now. And these scientists have created a way to be able to extract the uh, uh, DNA that is identical to the DNA in our body, which gives us health. And uh, through that, we can create wealth by helping other people get their health. And that's really the course that I'm uh, developing right now. And that's what I'm doing right now. And of course, I wrote the book, The Supernatural Power of Right Thinking. And then some of this course, I've put it all onto placemats. And the placemats are designed so that the placemat sits on your table right in front of you. So when you have a cup of coffee, I'm having a cup of coffee right now, but my cup of coffee is sitting on my placemat. And any time I want, I can study my course sitting on my placemats. So I have six placemats and there's 12 courses on there, uh, lessons on these placemats. So that's kind of as an entrepreneur, that's my way of thinking of having this powerful, positive, productive way of thinking right in front of us on a daily basis, that's feeding the white dog. And that's what I'm doing. Well, and that's the third principle, I believe. And we are at the end of the show, but if you can think right and work to change your thoughts, surround yourself with people who are going to elevate those thoughts and help you transition to that life you want, and then just do it. And yes. part of that is repetition. So I love the placemat yeah. idea. I love what you're doing out speaking in the community and sharing those thoughts. But I appreciate you being on the show, Brian. Thank uh, you. Thank we've you. had a lot of different guests and a lot of different angles, but it's all about creating more certainty in our lives. And that's exactly yes. what you're doing with your ministry and yeah. your work. So my hat is off to you. Yes. May I just share one thing? Uh, if anybody wants to find out about this, it's at kp, www.kpsolvers.com forward slash wholeness. Fantastic. And that's how they can get the, you know, the, the, edge, the training if they want. Absolutely. Thanks for being on Finding Certainty with us today. Come back next week. We've always got another guest analyzing how you too can create more certainty in your life and find more joy. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.